Ladies and gentlemen, we are currently holding for further traffic clearance. Check out Kristen's new website, MagicalJourneysVacations.com for all your vacation needs. Disney, Universal, Cruise Lines, and more. Thank you for traveling with us. MagicalJourneysVacations.com Have her book your magical vacation today. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. The Dining at Disney Podcast. The Dining at Disney Podcast. You know the thing about good food? It brings folks together from all walks of life. Your ultimate source for the wonderful world of dining at the Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resort. If you are what you eat, then I only want to eat the good stuff. Kristen and Bubba are your guides on this culinary adventure. People are going to line up for miles around just to get a taste of my food. Join them as they discuss the latest food news, expert tips, recommendations, and trip planning advice as it relates to Disney dining. Try the gray stuff. It's delicious. Don't believe me? Ask the dishes. From quick service to fine dining, you'll discover all the best restaurants and food as you hungrily explore the Disney parks. Let's do this thing! The Dining at Disney Podcast. And now your hosts, Kristen and Bubba. Welcome to another episode of the Dining at Disney podcast, your ultimate source for delicious discussion about dining at Disneyland and Walt Disney World. I'm your host and foodie, Kristen, and with me filling in for Bubba is Tony Castelnova from Disney Parks podcast and Disney by the numbers. How is everything going, Tony? Uh, stuffed for my California Grill dining experience for Thanksgiving. <laughs> was it good? It was good. I tried something completely different this time. I tried the uh, seafood ramen. Ooh. Yeah. It had a lobster tail, a couple of shrimp, and then like a ton of noodles. Uh, but it was, it was quite tasty. Quite tasty. It had a little kick to it, which uh, I was not expecting. Mm. So. But it was good. It sounds interesting. Yeah. I didn't I feel like turkey or take- pork or something like that. I just can't imagine taking ramen noodles and making something fancy out of it. Every time I think ramen noodles, I think of like, oh, you're pouring, you're in college, and it's right. a 10 cents meal, you know? Yeah. Uh, this was not the uh, cheap version of ramen noodles. <laughs> no, I would imagine I, not. I think it was, 50, <laughs> I want to say it was $53. Wow. Yeah. Was yeah. it a big, big, big lobster tail? Yeah, it was a, it was a good size. Uh, it was a good size tail. And actually, most of the noodles I didn't even eat. Uh, Sarah and John took them home. I said, I, I just won't eat them. You know, I don't like cold noodles or heated up noodles. <laughs> weird thing in me, but so. But the sushi was good. We had sushi as an appetizer and charcuterie and some dessert. So it was good. Sounds good. Yeah. And they didn't give us the, the love and shove, which I, I don't like. <laughs> yeah. Where they try to get you through you yes, know, in 10 the, minutes. The quick, quick turning of the tables. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We had a guy that was, you know, really like, you know, we're locals. We want to hang out. It's like, yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah. So we tipped them. You know, so. Which is always appreciated. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely. Well, today we're going to be discussing your experience checking out the new menu items for Plancha and PB&G over at Four Seasons Orlando. So let's get into that, Tony. So you got to try a lot of new menu a items. A lot. A lot. I, we left, I left this thing stuffed. I don't even think I had dinner that night. I, I think it was just so full of Four Seasons food. But you and me, I think we are on the same page. Where This is really a great place to go. Uh, and they have 
I think something a little bit uh, price range for everybody. You know, there's uh, the cheaper stuff which we went to Plancha and PB and G, which has new items. They're not really the overpriced. You know, like Kappa Steakhouse. Uh, you can get a pretty good sized meal and, and leave full. Uh, unfortunately, these two are not always open for dinner, which I keep telling them every time I see them. Open for dinner, and I would go. You know, uh, I would go to Plancher and I would go to PB and G. I'm surprised, especially like PB and G with its location, that they don't do something more often for dinner because that's a really nice view that you have there, and. It's relaxing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those things that, you know, you can, you can go in your shorts and T-shirt and enjoy an, a nice meal. And when the weather is nice in the evening and the sun is gone, you're not cooking to death sitting outside. Right. And that's what I said. I said, all right, I probably won't come during the summer because it's just too hot and muggy. But I will come during the winter. And, I mean, you have all the heaters. I don't mind, you know, sitting outside with, you know, a sweatshirt jacket on having dinner if, if I have to. Uh, first of all, I'm not a person who gets cold very quickly. So for me, it doesn't matter. But I guess other people it does. And then Plancha is inside. And there's no reason Plancha shouldn't be open for dinner, I believe. I, I'm not saying it has to be open until 10 o'clock at night, but at least 7 or 8, I think. Because there are a lot of times I'm driving through and I'm like, oh, you know what? I really don't feel like going to Ravello, but I would go to Plancha and yeah. have like a, a, a quick bite. And uh, but they close it for so anyway. Uh, let's talk about. All right, so where, where do you want to start? PB and G or Plancha? Let's start with Plancha. Okay, so uh, Plancha, uh, think kind of Cubanish food uh, uh, when you go to Plancha. It is part of their golf course, uh, Tranquilo, I believe is the name of it, and. Um, they just had a, a chef change there. They have a new chef, uh, Christian Mandarano, and he's kind of changed up the menu a little bit. And this is their fall menu. Uh, so new soup and salad. They have a, gosh, how do you say that, Kristen? Churrasco? It's like a churro and a Costco. Churrasco. Churrasco. Yeah. Uh, Cobb, which is a salad. Uh, this had a poached egg. Cornichon, cornichons, right? Yeah. Tomatoes, shaved red onion, and a mustard vinaigrette. And really, I think uh, the key things in this was, A, I'm not a big poached egg fan, so I gave my egg away. But the mustard vinaigrette uh, had a nice little spice and and kick to it, which I really enjoyed on that salad. Now, did you see somebody cut into the egg? Yes. Yeah. And it was perfectly cooked? Perfectly cooked. Uh, You know, we were talking about, like, how to poach a really good egg. And uh, who did I see? Michael Villaggio um, at Epcot Food and Wine. You know, so you get a a big-sized pot, uh, heat the water up really, put some vinegar in it, get the water swirling really fast, and then you drop the egg, like, well, not drop, slowly put the egg into the water, and the uh, white will, like, envelop the uh, complete egg. And he made some perfect ones, and these were really along those lines. So I was well done. Uh, My biggest pet peeve about poached, and I like poached eggs because I I like a runny yolk. So I either like it poached or sunny side up. Mm. And my biggest thing is when I get a poached egg, you know, you order something like um, Eggs Benedict, and you go to cut in, and the egg is almost completely cooked. I'm like, okay, see, I don't even want to eat it then. I'm like, I want my perfectly poached egg. Yeah. I have eggs one way, and that's scrambled to death. 
and that's it. <laughs> I'm not an egg fan. Uh, all right, so then they had a couple of uh, new appetizers, and really their appetizers, uh, the new stuff, was really, really good. Probably some of my favorites that we had. One was the open-faced Europa Vija, which was the braised beef with this nice little puff pastry and a chimichurri aioli. It was delicious. I could have had a whole plate of this stuff. Um, and what they did uh, when they were serving us for the tasting is like they gave us an appetizer plate that had you know one of each of the things that we're going to talk about. Uh, the next up which, uh, was a ceviche. Uh, this was a root puree on a romaine of hearts uh, with a plantain, uh, yucca chips, and then pickled onions. And it was, it was nice. It was all on like a little piece of romaine. You just kind of pop the whole thing in your mouth. It was uh, a perfect bite size, and it was really nice. Uh, the next thing up was the fried calamari with a uh, sazon flour um, and rocata sauce and lemon. And for them, they give you just not the tubes. They'll give you the tentacles and the, you know, the, the whole kind of calamari thing they're not just giving you you know this is not olive garden you don't get just tubes you get you get all of the the, uh, <laughs> the squid <laughs> so if you don't like that maybe you can ask if we can get just the the tube and maybe they'll do that for you is it a light batter that they put on that very light very very light uh this Saison flour, I don't think is like our all-purpose flour or even like a simonilla. I think it's, you know, very light. And I, I almost want to say they were really just dusted with the flour and then nicely uh, fried. It was really good. And the sauce was perfect. It, you know, it wasn't a marinara, so it wasn't sweet. It had a little heat to it, a little, little kick. Sounds I, good. Yeah, it was very good. Um, and it was funny because the woman sitting next to me had never had uh, fried calamari before. This was her first time. And she went all in. She had tubes, tentacles, the whole nine yards. So, And she liked it? She did. She really did. Yeah. I'll say she's spoiled now because that's one of those things that often a lot of people mm-hmm. have for like the first time at some place like Olive Garden. And it's kind yeah. of we like chew it on a rubber band. Right. And it's not supposed to be that way. Yeah. As right. you know. Right. And I think often people try that and then they're like, oh, I don't ever want to try it again. But then if you have it where it's, you know, cooked just right, then you go and you order it somewhere else. You're like, wait a second. This right. is not the same thing. This is terrible. Why is this chewy? Yeah, I've always heard and I, I've never tried it myself that if you cut them up and you put them in milk or buttermilk and let them sit in there for a couple hours, that will soften them up and make them more tender. I don't know if it's true. Like I said, I've never tried it. Um, but maybe we should try that this year for our Christmas seven fishes. See what happens. Oh, that's right. Because you do all kinds of <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. If we have time, we can talk about the Christmas menu at my house. Because <laughs> 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 uh, we've already been planning. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they have three new mains. One is a mojo chicken uh, sandwich, which is dark meat, sofrito, pesto, uh, fine roasted uh, tomato, uh, and mozzarella. It was a really good sandwich. Uh, I think this was served on a Kaiser roll, um, if I wasn't mistaken, or something like that. Hold on, maybe we can, maybe Kristen can look at the picture, find the picture. Let's see. Let's see. Come on. That's the PB and G. That's the calamari. So you know better what your photos are. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Is this it? No, that's the salmon. Why does this not want to go back? Oh. Oh, no. uh, We served on uh, 
like a panini. Okay. Yeah, served on a panini. Um, so that was good. I really enjoyed that sandwich. Uh, I like that sandwich a lot, actually, as, as a main. The next thing was the adobe salmon, uh, which was grilled gem lettuce, lima beans, and a salsa riola. And I'm, you know, I'm not a big salmon fan. I, I'm not going to say it wasn't cooked, but I, I, I don't know. I don't like when the middle of the salmon is not completely pink. You know what I'm saying? So you don't like it. You want it. I want undercooked. it well done. I want it. Oh, no, you want it? Okay. You want I, it I, I want it overcooked. You're saying? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't like when you know it looks like it's like uh, un undone. Um. So that that's a, my pet peeve. Um. It tasted great. Um. Because it's got that good you know spicy adobo uh, flavor. The next up was the chorizo flatbread, and you really can't go wrong with chorizo. I hate to say it. It was a uh, smoky chorizo, crispy shallots, uh, piquillo pepper sauce, manchango, uh, cream cheese, and then arugula. And this was really tasty. This was uh, this almost could be an appetizer too that you can share with somebody because it's really not that big. Uh, yeah. And if you're not looking for a really heavy meal, then this would probably be perfect. Um, you know, this size that they served us was like what four four slices, and you're done. Um, yeah, and that it, wouldn't be a bad thing to get as an appetizer. Yeah, and it's a nice, uh, it's not almost a pizza dough. It's almost like a puff pastry dough they're serving it on, which was very different. Yeah. Yeah, quite tasty. Uh, so that's all the new stuff at Plancha. Uh, also, I should mention, one of my favorite things to get there is the guacamole. Um, it's made fresh, you know, they don't make big batches of it and then, you know, scoop it on a plate for you. Um, you're really getting, you know, what I consider pretty good uh, fresh guacamole. They don't do a table side and it comes with non-chips. Uh, what was the other thing too? Oh, the tuna tartare. I've had that uh, there before and that's uh, pretty damn delicious. And don't forget, they're all famous. El Cubano is still staying on the menu. Uh, and I love that sandwich. It's delicious. And then the Plancha Burger, which is chorizo and beef burger, which is very good. I like the combination of blended meats for burgers. I think it adds yes. uh, a uh, complexity to the burger. But you mm-hmm. also get, it also can be a juicier burger because you have two different fats that you're putting together. Yes. And this sandwich is very juicy. That sandwich, that burger is very juicy. It's, it's definitely a two, three napkin uh, burger. So <laughs> yeah, if you get that burger, ask for more napkins cause you're going to need them. Uh, the other thing they're doing is they're doing a uh, half a sandwich and a side, not half a sandwich and a salad or a soup, but half a sandwich and a side. So you can order the Cuban, the club or the mojo chicken. That's your sandwich. And then as a side, you can either get, uh, black bean soup, calabaza, French fries, fruit, yucca fries, or a side salad. So that's something nice. that they're, you yeah. Have more, more options that way. Yeah. And uh, for $15, that's, that's uh, a pretty good deal. Um, I, I think. I, I think it's a pretty good deal for lunch. And you got to remember, a lot of the, this is, you know, on the golf course. So a lot of people are looking for a lighter lunch, you know, because they probably have another whole nine holes of golf to go through. So they're just looking for something to, you know, grab and go. And a lot of this uh, fits into that. So. Yeah, because you don't want something too heavy if you're going, going to be back out in the, the hot yeah. sun. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, all right. You want to head over to PB&G? Yes, let's head over there. 
All right, PB&G is the what the PB&G stands for is pool bar and grill, and this sits right next to their large uh, family pool in a lazy river. So the intent of this restaurant originally <laughs> was a smokehouse, and they had um, well the the chef that used to be there had this uh, uh, pretty interesting menu. There was uh, two sides of this smoke. One was called treason. And one was called, uh, oh gosh, I can't, what is it? Homage. And so it was all traditional smoke. And then the other side was all kind of crazy stuff that he did with smoke. And now I think people have said that they don't like that, you know, a, a large beef brisket or something for them. They're looking for something lighter because they're swimming, they're by the pool. So they've kind of completely redone uh, this menu. Um, and some of the new items, I think, reflect that, which uh, we're going to talk about. But like I said, this is a good place to go for lunch. Even if you're not staying there, just swing by, pop into PB&G or either pop into Plancha, Plancha and uh, you know, grab a sandwich. So, all right, the new appetizers and salads at PB&G, one is the hit of probably this entire tasting. And it was soft baked pretzels uh, with the mu- uh, maple mustard and beer cheese dip. I think if they allowed us, we would have drank these dips. They were that good. <laughs> <laughs> really, there was not this. These went so quick. They were gone in, in seconds. Could you taste the maple? Yes, you can't taste the maple. Yeah, that's good. I love yeah. maple. And they were, I'm going to say, it's hard to describe. It's almost like pretzel bread. It had the pretzel outside, and it was very soft and doughy inside. It wasn't a very thick pretzel consistency on the inside. It had the pretzel crust, but it was kind of soft and doughy on the inside. Um, And maybe also because they were still warm. uh, They didn't have time to solidify on the plate because they were gone. Um, But... they were the hit of the party. Everybody ranted and raved about these things. Uh, next up, we had a baby spinach salad. And I don't know why, but I'm kind of a sucker for a baby spinach salad. Uh, I, I just find it very tasteful if it's done correctly. I've even had like warm. If you ever had like a warm baby spinach salad, those are even better. Uh, this was- With like the bacon, um, like yes. the bacon dressing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or even like uh <laughs> Yeah, or like a walnut uh dressing. Have you ever had that or like a, a walnut dressing? I have not. Oh. Oh, they're very good. Uh this was served with uh red quinoa. I can get over the quinoa. Uh I'm not a big quinoa fan. I know it's good for you. Uh roasted beets, spiced pecans, which were very good. Uh that kind of had the kick. And then there was a citrus ginger vinaigrette. And you would think that citrus and ginger really don't go well together. But this was really a tasty dressing. Uh, I could have probably dipped my pretzel into this uh, vinaigrette. It was that, it was that good. Um, now, did it have a strong ginger flavor or was it no. just nicely balanced? Very nicely balanced. Uh, you Because know, almost ginger can have some heat you know, on the back of your tongue. Um, and it wasn't like that at all. If it, it was really well well done, very well balanced. Um, so it was good. It was really good. I enjoyed that uh, uh, salad a lot. Uh, next up, they had uh, three new sandwiches. And the first one is a burger. Uh, they're calling it the American burger. It's just Roma tomato, butter lettuce, uh, red onion, and then Colby Jack cheese. 
Uh, I just started buying butter lettuce because I like making a sandwich with butter lettuce. It's got a much softer texture. It's got a completely different taste than like iceberg or romaine. It's uh, very nice and thin, and it, I, I think it really adds to the sandwiches, and it really added to this burger. Uh, I've also found that it seems to hold up better on a sandwich. It doesn't get yeah. as kind of wilty and funky mm-hmm. looking. Yeah. Especially with the, the heat of a burger. It's not getting all you know mushy and stuff. And the Colby Jack cheese is definitely something different. Uh, you could probably ask for something else if you're not a Colby Jack person, but uh, I think you'll find that with the uh, red onion and the Colby Jack, it really goes uh, good together. Uh, next up was the Andouille sausage hoagie. This was another hit of the party. Uh, this is open-faced sweet roll with the, their own homemade Cajun ketchup and a pickled slaw. Uh, that's another thing that the Four Seasons does is, uh, you know, all their dressings and ketchup like this, this Cajun ketchup. I'm not saying all their ketchup, but the Cajun ketchup, which is served on all the side, is all made in-house. They don't you know, buy this stuff. How uh, spicy was the Cajun ketchup? Not that spicy at all. It really didn't have, uh, I would say almost no heat, but definitely some flavor. You know, they didn't, okay. they didn't heat it up. It was just, it was just a good spicy uh, taste. And it really worked wor- well with the Andouille sausage uh, hoagie, I think. The pickled slaw, I'm not a big fan of pickled things. That's me, once again. <laughs> I tasted it. It tasted fine. I, you know, it didn't spit it across the room or anything, so that's always good. Uh, but it was good. It's good. Next up was a. Re- I like pickled things. I am. Yeah. I am a fan of pickled things. Yeah, uh, but you know, I think that's a, a very like German thing. It could be. You know, you have a lot. Of- yeah, I think it's because so much food is pickled. In, in German stuff, I mean, everywhere you've got, like, pickled onions and pickled peppers, pickled right. cucumbers, you know. Right. So I kind of think that's why I like pickled food. Yeah. That's not an Italian thing. We don't, we don't pickle <laughs> anything, I don't think. <laughs> I've, never, just, I've never seen anything pickled. <laughs> they say that's part of the reason there is so many people who have German heritage in the States mm. is because pickled food kept away scurvy when they were trying to oh yeah sure yeah i can see that so see i could have been a pirate yeah uh next up was the rotisserie chicken panini this was also a pretty big hit too uh and i think it was a hit because of the brie cheese uh this brie cheese winter pear watercress and then it was served on a whole green uh, bread and kind of paninied. Uh, so kind of all the brie cheese kind of get, got in there and like was oozing out the ends. And I think that's what made this sandwich a hit. And it, it was almost, uh, I want to say it was almost like uh, like a chicken salad kind of texture on the inside. You know, and once again, I think that was because of the cheese and the pear kind of, you know, made it really uh, kind of... Was the pear crunchy? No, it was kind of soft and mushy in there, you know, oh, because nice. it was paninied, you know, and Squished down to an inch of its life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. It was a really good sandwich, and a lot of people were ooming um- and eyeing about it. So uh, it went over well. And then they have. I need uh, to try that next time. Yeah. They have uh, three new mains, and, you know, I don't see how sandwiches are not mains, but they, they're calling them mains. Um, one was a gyro or gyro, however you want to say that. It was a style lamb. Uh, it was served on a garlic naan with a tomato, cucumber salad, and marinated onion. I liked it. 
you know, it's not your boardwalk at Giro. It's kind of a, done and maybe a little different style with some different seasonings. But uh, the sandwich was definitely tasty uh, and, and, and enjoyable. Uh, I wish they had a chicken version. Yeah, yeah I, I can see that. Uh, yeah, a lot of people don't eat lamb. Uh, and I guess they're just taking a chance. Maybe if it doesn't work, they'll try something different. You know, um, I just like to pet pet the lambs. Go over and pet the little <laughs> sheepies over at Rafiki's Planet Watch. I don't want to eat them. I just want to pet them. <laughs> Excuse me, can I make a sandwich out of you? <laughs> no! <laughs> Welcome to my lunch. <laughs> you know what? I really started... I don't know like, why I'm now starting to uh, talk with a British accent all of a sudden. <laughs> After being in Italy, because when you drive through the Italian countryside... Everywhere there sure, are lambs and sheep because yeah. they're like they're like the lawnmowers for the country. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and they're, they're so fun. adorable. We saw little itty bitty tiny like baby ones, like newborn baby ones, mm. uh, like alongside the road. And you're like, oh, it's so probably cute. third generation lawnmowers. <laughs> exactly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh. Uh, next up was the crispy skinned snapper. Uh, this was served with beets, a lemon herb rice, and a blood orange vinaigrette. Uh, like I said, my snapper was not all that tasty, and I, I I don't know why. Just wasn't. The beets were good. The lemon herb rice was good, and the blood orange vinaigrette. I do like blood orange uh, things, like blood orange drinks or vinaigrettes or ice cream or whatever. That's very Italian of you. Yeah, probably. It probably is, but I, I don't know. I, I do like things that have blood orange. Um, I guess I'm just an Italian sucker for that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, good, though. They're, they are really good. That was, that was yeah. something that I did get to enjoy in Italy. And, you know, when you think of a blood orange, you don't realize that they have, it's kind of like marbled inside. Yeah. They're not always just like a solid mm-hmm. red. They like, can be like orange and red. Right. Yeah. And, you know, some people compare it to a grapefruit. I don't, I don't, I don't know. No, it's not. I, I don't get that grapefruit taste. You know, I don't, you know, wince when I have a blood orange. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the last thing was a chicken. And it was a roasted chicken served with uh, marble potatoes, winter greens, and a lemon thyme au jus. And this was, I, uh, as I was saying, these were uh, purple potatoes, which, like I said, I normally only have when I get my JetBlue chips uh, when I fly on JetBlue. So it was uh, different for me to have, you know, purple uh, potatoes. I wouldn't call them marble. Like, like I had all purple ones. I guess maybe they're going to put in some other uh, variations of potatoes. Do the do the white ones? Yeah, probably. Maybe they'll mix them up. Uh, and then the lemon thyme au jus was really good on top of this. And I think it's this. Uh, oh, it's the rotisserie chicken from the Panini. Uh, when you come towards PB&G, you'll be able to see all the, the chickens in the rotisserie. They're going to start using uh, the rotisserie. Uh, so you'll be able to see all your, your chicken sandwich kind of. Waiting in the wings. No pun intended. Just as long, <laughs> just as, long as you're not putting the whole chicken on there. Here's your sandwich. <laughs> no, no, they're they're <laughs> cutting it all up for you. Uh, and this, uh, there's a new chef over at PBJ. It's uh, Chef Mikey. I, I've met him. I, gosh, I want to say in August or something like that. That uh, was the first time I met him. And uh, he's kind of like the rock star. Kind of got you know punk hair. 
you know, uh, he's not your normal looking chef. I would, you know, he, He's the guy that you would see on a tour bus with like Kiss, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He totally has yeah. that that yeah. rock star chef look, which which is cool, yeah. you know? I mean. Yeah. And uh, he, you know, he's trying some new and different things. Uh, you know, trying to bring in a little contemporary style. I think uh, with the menu, and uh, he's always listening to what the customers say, and, and you know, always changing this menu up. Uh, Fabrizio was there too, and. You know, he, I guess he entrusts these two guys, Christian and Chef Mickey, uh, Mikey, to, you know, really, you know, do their thing, you know, and then he just makes sure it's being executed correctly. He was, uh, Chef Mikey, that is, he yeah. was on Hell's Kitchen in 2010. Really? Yeah. See, that's where I know him from then. Mm-hmm. Now, next time I see him, we're going to have to bother him about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go, first of all, I'll have to go watch and see if he ever got really beaten up by Ramsey. <laughs> and then ask him, how, how was yeah, that? <laughs> yeah. How was that degrading experience? <laughs> really, he's on uh, Hell's Kitchen. Have you ever you know, you seen... You do have to wonder, like, like what he's, what Gordon Ramsey's like off camera with them. Yes. Versus on camera. Because right. what people see on TV, they're really is, when it comes to any reality TV show, yeah. there's certain things that they have been instructed to do insert mm-hmm. that kind of stuff um, way more than people ever even realize. Yeah. There's a, I think a UK version of the, something like Hell's Kitchen and that version, there's hardly any screaming at all. Huh? Our U S version. And he said this, I think it was on Jimmy Kimmel, uh, Gordon Ramsay was on there and he was saying that it's completely different. Like one version, he does no yelling. And for the U.S. version, it's all yelling and screaming, and, and it's really overdone, dramatic. And I'm like, why? Why, is got, why can't we just get the nice version? You know, why do I have to hear you screaming and yelling? You know, you cook I like actually, a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> I worked uh, when, I, when I was in college. I waited tables in a restaurant, and the general manager was a mild version. Really? Of Gordon Ramsay. Oh, yeah. You would not dare to walk into the kitchen without your hands being. You always went in hands full in and out of that kitchen because otherwise he was yelling at you. Wow. Oh, yeah. He he. his first name was. Um, um, oh, gosh, you just um, drew a blank on his first name. But we used to call uh, Luther was his first name. Okay. And we would call him Lucifer, which <laughs> he didn't know that. But yeah, he had earned the nickname Lucifer because he was crazy. Wow. <laughs> he you was know, crazy like that. But you know what? The kitchen ran smooth. The wait staff ran. I mean, like, I mean, the restaurant was awesome when he ran it and it went down once he was replaced. So, I mean, hmm. it it worked in that situation to keep the restaurant at, at high standards. Yeah. Some people can, you know, some people can do that, you know, rule with an iron fist and make it work. Most of the time, you know, when you rule with an iron fist, it doesn't really work. You know, people don't, not everybody responds to that kind of environment, you know. So I guess it depends. You know, maybe in kitchens, it's okay. Because my father, I remember in the restaurant, kind of, you know, had a different way of talking in the kitchen than he did with the wait staff. You know, in the kitchen, he'd scream and yell at them and out in the wait staff, honey, you just have to serve it over there. You know, and, <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing a British accent. My father's not British. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you know, it's not even a good British accent either. Tony. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you just want everybody to be British today, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> because um, when you say with, but you know, uh, I think it's in Newark Airport. A lot of the Newark Airport announcements are all done with a British voice, and I think it's just to keep you calm. It's okay, sir. Just step over there to the Tuesday line. <laughs> keep your bags with you, please. You know that that's the accent of um, Siri that Al John uses. Oh, really? He, yeah, he has the the British accent. <laughs> I should do that. That is a great idea. I've always wanted to do mine like in German or or Japanese or something. <laughs> Have a, I wish you know, they had the German one as an option. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, or 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 Japanese. I think would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I would never. I wouldn't know how to turn it back off. You know, what is English now? Which one? <laughs> uh, gosh. Oh, uh, what was gosh. the other uh, thing I was going to tell about? Oh, so we're hoping uh, uh, Kappa and Ravella will get their full menu soon because, um, hell, I'd like to go try some more food over there. Um, so I'm hoping that happens soon. I think uh, Fabrizio is working on something. And we should mention, too, that uh, Fabrizio uh, was in People magazine. That is just so cool. Yeah, uh, he had a, a recipe that was in uh, uh, People magazine, which I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was flipping through, like, "What the hell? What? what? How did he get in here?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and then I was talking to him. Uh, him and his team uh, went to James Beard House and uh, cooked a dinner at the James Beard House. I had gone to that dinner uh, that had oh gosh, it was only. I, it's only probably a table of 15 and I think probably five people didn't show up so it was about a table of 10 of us oh wow and, and uh, chef uh, cooked the entire menu that he was going to do at the James Beard house and paired the wine that he, he was going to serve as well and we got the full on thing for like I don't know it was $129 or whatever it was it was a steal it was a steal a real steal and um we got like a, I don't know, seven course meal. Uh, it was delicious. And then I watched him. Uh, the James Beard House had a, a live streaming cam. They got a couple cams. Uh, one was in the kitchen, and I was watching. Uh, you know, chef give the orders kind of to the wait staff. You know how everything was going to be served, how it was to be plated, how they should carry it so it doesn't. You know, certain, certain things were kind of balanced. You know, kind of like stacked some of the the things. You know, so that you know it wouldn't fall over and look you know bad in the plate um but he was saying that also there it, it was literally a house that was converted it's now converted into a restaurant in manhattan and he was like bumping his head he's a pretty tall dude for pizzio it kept bumping his head on stuff and the other thing is too that people from the outside like guests come in through the kitchen so there was that's like, really weird to me yeah there's people like walking through the, i'm watching the camera and, and when i, I said to him i said uh, did I see people walk? He goes, oh, yeah, everybody comes to the kitchen. What? I say, how do you keep anything clean or dirt or hair or whatever out of yeah. you know the plates? Because they had the table where they would plate everything up and the people are like walking past, you know, where everything was being plated up. I'm like, all right. That, I said, that was just weird. That was just really weird. He said, it's a James Beard house. You don't ask questions. I said, all right. Wow. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Yeah, he is very, very tall for an Italian. Yeah, yeah, there he is. Very tall. So what, six foot something, right? 
I, I don't know. I come up to, I don't know, about his belly button, maybe above that. Above that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yo, hello. <laughs> hello up there. <laughs> hey, I'm a short person. I look up to everybody. Uh, but, see, yeah. but see, that's that's not unusual in Italy. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the places I like to go because I don't feel like Short. I'm too far off. <laughs> Whereas when I go to some place like the Netherlands, right. I feel like I am about the height of Vern Troyer. It is. Right. They're so tall. Um, I'm not short compared to, you know, many women in Italy. Now right. there, I'm short for being an eight-year-old. <laughs> I mean, right. it's the craziest thing. I've never seen such tall people. Yeah. I mean, everybody's like six foot or taller there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I have some friends from that part of the world too, and they're all six foot or taller. So I don't know. We need, we need whatever they feed their people. Probably a lot of squad and cod and halibut. I do a lot of fishing. Most of the Italians. Though. Cheese. Yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of cheese. It's probably the wine that's done sour growth. <laughs> and they drink a more beer. Yeah, that's true. See, yeah. there we go. Exactly. Hey, uh, you, sh- you should talk about it. Uh, you probably know. You know, they're doing a dessert thing over on uh, the Magic Kingdom for on the riverboat. Have you heard of this? I have heard it. Yeah. I don't know. That just sounds stupid. That is the worst place to view a parade from. It's the top of the riverboat. I mean, you're only going to get a where little... Where are they getting the food from? Columbia House, I would think. That's got to be the closest place to get... Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It, uh, it's only ice cream, so maybe they're just getting it from the ice cream cart. I have no idea. Well, that it would be pretty easy to wheel on there is ice cream, yeah. But, you know, they're also then... The promise is, you know, reserved viewing for the parade on top of the, the riverboat. But you're only going to get this partial angle view as they come towards you. And then you'll the only thing you'll get is the back view when they go down past the Hall of Presidents. So I think it's a terrible place to see the parade from the top of the riverboat. You know, I don't know. They're charging a lot of money for ice cream and reserved parade season. That's all I have to say, you know. Well, I guess that way, you know, if you have little kids and they definitely have a viewing place to see it from. True, true. So it seems awfully far away, though, from the parade route. Yeah, I think so. I don't think it's the best place to go see a parade. I wish they'd just put back the fast passes. That'd be fine, you know. Um, Disney always changing and testing new stuff. Yeah, always making it all about the Benjamin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All about them. So. All right. Well, let me uh, get ready for uh, round two of podcasting. <laughs> okay. Thanks. <laughs> thanks so much for t- joining us today, Tony, and sharing all the experiences that took place over at Four Seasons. Getting to try the new menus at Plata as well as PB&G. Tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, you can find me at DisneyByTheNumbers.com or at the Disney Parks Podcast.com. As far as Dining at Disney, you can find us at DiningAtDisney.com on iTunes, Stitcher, as well as YouTube. On YouTube, we are The Dining at Disney. Social media everywhere else, it's just Dining at Disney. Uh, Also, don't forget, you can pick up Tony's book. Tony, tell everybody about your book and where they can get it. Uh, It's called Disney by the Numbers. It is a fact-filled little pocket guide of everything Disney. Uh, Everything starts with a number and everything is a fact 
uh, about something at Disney. You can also get that at DisneyByTheNumbers.com or Amazon. As far as Amazon, we do have the link if you go to the uh, dining, uh, dining at Disney store on the website. You can find Tony's book there and pick it up as well as our Epcot Dining Guide. We are part of Patreon, so don't forget you can help support the show that way or by our affiliate links, Disney Store, Garden Grocer, and Jelly Belly. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Kristen. With me was Bubba. Did it, Bubba. Oh my gosh, I'm so used to saying Bubba. <laughs> With me today was Tony. Little Bubba. <laughs> Little Bubba. Little Bubba Bubba. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening and bon appetit. is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its holdings and is intended for entertainment purposes.